Anyway, let's rip. All right. So... <laughs> Fuck me. So first one I had to chat about last week in uh, New South Wales State Parliament, they introduced some yep. legislative changes they want to introduce for first home buyers to have the choice between yep. getting an upfront stamp duty cost that they pay that's according to the cost of their house to buy or they can opt in for a smaller annual property tax. There's been heaps of chats about how this might benefit people getting into the market. So to give you an idea, if you bought a house for 480 grand, your stamp duty would look to be a bit over 17 grand. So that's an amount of money that you would need to have ready to pay to the government for buying the house. So that's a pretty big um, entry cost for a lot of like people who might be just trying to get into the market who maybe have just gotten together the savings for a deposit for a house, let alone that extra stamp duty cost. So that smaller mm-hmm. annual tax might be a better way to make it cheaper for people to get into the market. And they'll only be paying a fraction of that, you know, every year going forward. So yeah, it was obviously posed as you know it's going to give first home buyers a lower cost of entry but there's obviously some cons to it so one of the ladies who's from uh the chartered accountants union her name's susan franks was speaking on why maybe this isn't the best idea and she cited that like there's various factors that would influence a buyer's decision to choose between one of those choices including like the type of the property how you want to buy how long you want to hold the property for etc but she also like she made a note that annual property taxes are like anything they're an ongoing tax liability so it means the rate of tax you pay each year is based on the land value so if your property goes up in value over time the annual tax you'll pay is going to go up over time so the government is almost going to be benefiting more. There's an argument to be made that the government's going to benefit more from an annual tax, even though it seems to be cheaper for people getting into the market. And the government's promised to cap this tax at 4% of the value. But like anything, she's just saying, keep aware that like governments say that they'll begin something a certain way, but down the line, they might change things to sort of suit what they need to be doing with whatever debts they're trying to cover. Yeah. I just wondered what your thoughts were. And the other was whether you think this could actually be a way to make more people be interested in flipping houses because mm-hmm. flipping houses in Australia, from what I've heard, isn't as popular as maybe as it is in Australia, America and Canada, mainly because of stamp duty, that every time you buy yeah. or sell a house, you have to pay stamp duty on the change, on, on the on mm-hmm. the buying or selling. So if you flip yeah. a property, you have to make sure that stamp duty is covered as well to make a profit. Yeah. Yeah. So look, one I suppose a couple of things. With first home buyers, if you're buying at the moment, if you're buying a property that's under, say, an existing property, I think it's six fifty thousand, there's no stamp duty. So if you're buying above that amount, which you know a lot of people are in, you know, Sydney, Central Coast, Newcastle, Wollongong, Blue Mountains, those sorts of places. Um, you know, you'll have the choice of either paying stamp duty, and yeah, you know, a lot of people borrow the stamp duty, or the up uh, or the smaller annual property tax. So one of the things that hasn't been mentioned too much is that if you choose the annual property tax, and just say for example, it's three thousand six hundred dollars a year, and I just pulled that number out of my hat. 
that's 300 bucks a month that your servicing of the loan is going to be impacted by. So, you know, the bank will put into your servicing um, calculation that you have, you know, along with insurance, food, groceries, motor vehicle costs, personal care, entertainment, um, phone, internet, all that sort of stuff, that you have a $300 a month annual liability, sorry, monthly liability for the property tax, and that will reduce your borrowing capacity. So, yeah, the thought on this is that if, is that it will reduce prices because people, um, you know, don't have to factor in paying out a, a lump sum stamp duty. But then again, it could just mean people who had a budget of 700, including stamp duty, are then going to just spend 700 anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like stamp duty is a pretty big impost. Governments make a lot of money out of it. From my understanding, if you choose the property tax, when you sell the property, the new owner has to pay the property tax because it stays with the house. Whereas if you pay stamp duty, um, when you sell the house, the new person buying has the option. That's just my understanding. So look, who knows whether it's worthwhile or not. It's probably going to stimulate demand a little bit, which might push prices up, but it's hard to tell because you know what we're finding at the moment with a lot of our clients is say a year ago they might their budget might have been they might have their borrowing capacity might have been five hundred grand. Now it's closer to three eighty to four hundred because interest rates have gone up. Um, so yeah. Who knows what will happen or even it's 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 hasn't passed parliament yet. So we'll just see how it plays out. Another we're going to cover. So the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute, it's a government body. They released a report just this month talking about the lack of social housing available in the country and where the shortfall was. The report found that only 3,000 properties for social uh, affordable social housing were built in 2022 against a requirement of 36,000. Um, obviously, a couple of people within the property industry got amongst this news to sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Just to like elaborate further on it and, and sort of justify why they're saying what they're saying, that we need more housing and there needs to be nicer mm. laws towards landlords and, you know, stop giving tenants so many rights because landlords aren't going to want to invest anymore. But he's also, he sort of noted that this crisis and this lack of affordable housing and social government housing was largely due to a failure to build sufficient homes in Australia. And also he mm -hmm. noted that local state and government, uh, local government bodies and state bodies had issues in the development process that has caused a lot of delays to getting built, getting things built. And that's being, that's yeah. a big issue too. And you spoke about maybe, maybe you could talk about it, the, the, the people we know that work in the business of building granny flats and the development oh. process that they're going through to get that approved. And just that taking so long that no wonder we're having a, a housing crisis. Yeah. We've, we've been, you know, in the two and a half years we've been doing the podcast, this comes up regularly that, um, you know, if you if you want more housing, um, it's either um, government pays for it or investors pay for it. You know, there's there's no there's no one else. You know, there's no um, fairies that come in overnight and um, build 500 houses that people move into. So, you know, governments drop the ball on um, housing supply, and that's why we have rents going up by as much as they're going up. Um, you know, since 2015. Um, investors have just been kicked in the head 
So a lot of people have sold and just thought, couldn't be bothered. Um, so yeah, that that's where we are. Yeah, there was a housing summit in uh, Queensland last week and there was no representation from investors, even though investors provide 91% of the accommodation that people rent around the country. So, and then, yeah, the, the Premier of Queensland comes out and says, yeah, how come it costs a million dollars to build a house in Birdsville? I didn't realise they cost that much. Yeah, just totally out of touch. So, yeah, yeah I think what you've got to look at in most occasions, you've got to look at what the environment is and go, okay, where's the opportunity? And the opportunity is to buy an investment property because at the moment, borrowing capacities are down. Um, prices are stabilising in a lot of areas, um, even though, you know, they're still going up in some places, but they're stabilising. Consumer sentiment's down a bit, which has taken a, a, quite a lot of buyers out of the market. And, um, yeah, property, we've said this a few times on the podcast, over the course of time, property in Australia cannot go down in value because of the way we mismanage supply. So people can... Um, you can look at that and go, that's really sad, and it is, it is really sad. Or you can go, well, that's really sad, um, but, yeah, what can I do um, to better myself? Um, and, you know, one of the options is to buy a property if you're financially capable of doing so, and there's plenty of options available for you to buy a property not where you live um, and be a rent vester or buy a property with a 5% deposit scheme spot and go live somewhere different for a while like you're about to do so there's opportunities everywhere if you look hard enough and if you can't find opportunity you're not looking hard enough and give us a ring and we'll find it for you this is a good one i think and an interesting one i wanted to cover so commonwealth bank release a an index called the combank household spending index each month and it sort of tracks based on all of their payment data from all of the people that have Commonwealth Bank accounts, as well as Google Trends information that's online, they track the household spending of the country. For the first time since the RBA started raising the interest rate in May, the consumer spending metrics have dropped. Um, and this is a big deal, I think, because mm. uh, part of the reason the RBA were raising rates is they were trying to curb inflation by making sure that people with mortgages had higher repayments, which means their spending will reduce. So then inflation comes down from the, the demand side at least. So um, Stephen Halmerick is an economist from ComBank and he said the effect of rising rates is beginning to impact on budgets and Australian consumer spending is starting to adjust. So um, for September, the, the drop mm -hmm. was 0.5% to the index being 114.9, being 115.5 the previous month. Um, the biggest yeah. declines occurred in the sectors of health and fitness, dropping 11%, home buying dropping 4%, and transport costs dropping 6%. And some of that is due to, you know, people not spending as much money going to the petrol station and buying fuel and that stuff. Some of that yep. includes going to the doctors less and spending less money on going to the gym at the moment, cutting back mm -hmm. on that, as well as obviously as rates have risen, more people are deciding I'm not going to try and buy a house because I'm not really sure where the market's going. So yep. I guess it's only been one month of data showing that it's starting to decline. So it's too early to say, you know, um, 
you know, without a shadow of a doubt, consumer spending mm-hmm. is going to keep going downwards. That's not what we're yeah. saying, but it could be a rise of things to come. So I just wondered your thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like a lot of people are only just starting to feel the impact of the August rate rise. And they've got a, another September one to come through their mortgage repayments and October. Um, yeah, the interest on our investment properties doubled since we bought it six months ago. Um, for a lot of people, your their loan repayments might have doubled. Um, you know, they have less money, so people will um, will trim back. And I think Christmas for a lot of people is going to be very, very tough because I think the RBA has gone too hard too fast. I think they're too concerned about what's happening in the US. The US has very high inflation, but the majority of people in US um, with mortgages have 20 or 30-year fixed loan terms. So when rates go up from 3% to 8% or 6% or whatever they're at now, it doesn't impact them because you know, they're on a fixed rate. So, um, yeah, I just, I just think, yeah. But anyway, look, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But as I sort of said before, you've got to look at what's happening. Um, you know, in the words of the famous prophet, the big show from the wrestling, you know, control what you can control, change what you can change and adapt to what you can't. You can control what you spend your money on and where what you do. You can change your situation. If you're renting and you're not happy, um, do something about it. And if you're if we can't control interest rates, we can't control consumer sentiment, we can't control housing supply. But if you can look at your situation and go, okay, what do I need to do to get into the market if I want to, or do I just want to rent? Am I happy living in Brighton in Melbourne, near the water, going for coffee and getting the tram to work? If if that you're happy doing that, happy days. Um but yeah. So look, I, I just I just think there's a lot more pain coming. But anyway, we'll just we'll see how it pans out. Mm-hmm. There are a couple you wanted to cover, I think, Dave, but could we actually start with the one about the landlord's email with Ray White? The bottom yeah. one. So yeah. So what happened is um, Ray White from West End in Brisbane emailed their um, landlords and were basically saying that if if the landlord had a lease renewal coming up, that they were recommending that they put the rent up twenty percent. Now quite a few people said, um, you know, it was appalling and blah blah blah, due to the un- unprecedented pressures on the the housing system, but Ray White counted said, you know, it's their role to make sure that people are getting the, you know, the, the, the maximum benefit or the maximum from their, um, you know, from the asset they've got. So there was you know, a bit of discussion either way. What were your thoughts on that one, Damo? This is capitalism. So mm-hmm. unless we want to ch- change, this is always going to occur. Do you know what I mean? Like it does. It, yeah. It's not really. It's it's a part of what this how this country runs. So people can complain about it, but this is how it is. So unless yeah. we figure out a way to make housing not an investment, if we make housing a, a a right for people rather than something that is an option, then maybe this will change. But it's not going to change anytime soon. So it seems really silly yeah. to me that people are complaining about it because like this is just what like real estate. If I'm a landlord, which I might end up being soon, right? Mm. I understand that you can you can justify rent rises, especially if the cost of your mortgage on the rental is rising at the same time. 
you're gonna mm. you want that to track up with your mortgage repayments just in case you're maybe worried about running it at a loss and having to use some of your your other job income to make the repayments that's fine i understand yeah. that but at the same time yeah. like i'm not going to lie and pretend that i'm surprised that a real estate agent does something that most people thinks a bit of a scumbag move no offense yeah. to real estate yeah. agents but like you guys yeah. know what you you guys understand the game you're in so yeah, yeah, but look, look for me, I, I find the the most disappointing fact in the stuff was where the minister for housing says, yeah, it's appalling to see people doing this amid unprecedented pressures on the entire housing system. Well, minister, you're the one who's largely you're part of the problem because yeah. the reason rents are going up is due to lack of supply. So oh yeah, it's government fix, intervention that put that. us in this position for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or not? Yeah, not really. Yeah, and yeah, we have the the head of APRA leaving, basically wiping his hands of everything, even though they were the ones that started in 2015 with um, putting the brakes on in investor interest only lending. So anyway, it is what it is. Um, but you know, if I've got someone looking after my um, asset and they're saying, look. You know, your costs have gone up because, you know, the, the investors who own those properties who have a mortgage six months ago were probably paying mid 2%, now paying 5 Um, they're, they're copping it as well. So if, um, you know, if your if you're, um, real estate agent is not telling you what the current state of the market is, well, you know, you probably need to look elsewhere. Um I had quite a few, but I just wanted to mention a couple of them. Um, there is talk about lack of supply, but in the June quarter, there was a record number of um, dwellings being built. So, you know, there are a lot of places being built. The issue is that, um, you know, it's probably not enough and the costs have gone up. So, you know, the thing for me, I still think there's an issue where people have, um, and builders especially have agreed to fixed price building contracts, um, you know, to get people into job, um, home builder scheme. And, you know, now they can't deliver that property for that price. And I just think the government needs to work with the banks just to make sure that, you know, if you, if you've agreed to have a house built for 300 grand, that's going to be worth 600 grand. Um, and that place is now going to cost three fifty to three seventy. That you know the government can't wash it, and the banks can't wash their hands. I don't think of just saying, "Look to the to the um, punter, you sort that out." You know, I think the if I was in government, I'd be getting the banks and saying, "Guys, you need to work with your clients to make sure you know, the the property value's probably gone up, so there's no there's no risk to you." And the last thing we want is anyone having to pay a mortgage on a place. That they were going to live in that they can't. So um, anyway, so yeah, it's not all bad news. But um, the only other thing I was just going to mention, we we talk about the property clock, and I just find it um, it's not a bad thing. Just a not it's a bit of a guide. Like you know, don't be don't be influenced of saying you know where where's a rising market, and I'll just go by there because the property clock says says I I can. But if you if you sort of look at it over time, the number of places at peak of the market has gone up quite a lot between October and September. Um, 
yeah, you've got about 15 places at the top of the of the property clock. You've got a few more moving into the declining market. And one of them is Brisbane, which is quite interesting. Sydney, which we're sort of aware of. Um, yeah, Illawarra, Coffs Harbour, some of those places, Gold Coast starting to decline um, for houses. So, and some, some of that is basically due to just is affordability, really. You know, if if um a year ago you were paying two mil or you, you were selling a house in Sydney for two million dollars, you might have had quite a lot of people at the auction or at the open home, but now there's less people who can afford that budget with their borrowing capacity and others who have just decided. I'm not, you know, they're not too comfortable with how things are going. So they've just, you know, jumped back onto the fence rather than, you know, looking to buy things. So, so yeah, there's just, just quite a lot, a lot of things there, but it's just useful to have a look at, um, you know, do your research, especially if you're buying out of area um, and you're not familiar with, with places. Um, you know, I remember talking to a buyer's agent about a suburb in Tassie called Bell Reeve, which people, it's on the, it's on the water, beautiful suburb, and about how on um, one side of a roundabout places were 50 to 100 grand cheaper. And it's mainly because it was about 15 minutes quicker commute to work if you're on the river side of the roundabout because you only had to turn left. Whereas if you're on the other side, you had to get across, you know, you had to give way to three lots of traffic before you could get on the roundabout. So, you know, people on the cheaper side um, had a longer commute to work. And, um, you know, there's always a reason why in the suburb, you know, we, we live in Adamstown Heights in Newcastle. Um, it's a big suburb and the suburb next to us is Merriweather. It's a huge suburb. And you might buy a place in, you see a place in Merriweather for a million and a half bucks and go, wow, what a bargain. But, you know, you just got to remember where it is and, you know, why it's priced like that when the median price for other places is a lot higher. So um, the only other one was just around the number of suburbs across the country where it's cheaper to buy than rent. Now, according to CoreLogic, there's 518 suburbs around the co around the country where it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent. So, you know, there's not many of them in, um, you know, New South Wales and, you know, not being in Victoria or the ACT, but there are, if you're in other places, um, you know, there are, there are more affordable pockets. And, you know, we've, we've got some clients, a young couple, early 30s, settled yesterday. They live in Sydney, they rent, and they've just settled on their third property, I think, third or fourth. Yeah, because their plan is to rent vest. They're, not, they're, they're never going to buy in Sydney. And, you know, five or 10 years' time, they'll sell all their properties and they'll have a pretty good deposit for the place that they want, which is, you know, up the coast. So um, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And um, if you need a hand, give us a shout. Um, and, um, yeah, we're happy to help if we can or put you in contact with someone who can. If people enjoy what we're doing or want to learn more about what we do as a broking service, um, you can check us out on moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Uh, we have a Facebook page, just type in Money Saver Home Loans. And as always, we've got some Instagram pages for the podcast and for the business. You can check those out in the in the description box of the podcast that comes out on Spotify or Apple Music or however you get it. Yeah, and just on that, like you've had some great guests lately, um, Kitty Parker, which was fantastic. Next week, I think there's John Linderman is on, who's like the, the Roger Federer of um, property research in Australia and... We'll have for our lucky listener, 
um, one of John's reports to give away, which will be good. So, yeah, getting some great guests along there today. No, it's fantastic. It's all happening. But, uh, yeah, so until then, have a good week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week.